Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake, with me are those couples. Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, and our producer Terry. This week we're here to talk about Doctor Who colon flux colon chapter three colon once comma upon time period. Uh, let's see who first. Cody. There's not a I'm period there. Long. What? Okay, I'm done drinking eggnog. Hey, Cody. Hmm. What'd you think of this one? Look at me, Jake. Can't. Fuck. It's still COVID, isn't it? Um, this episode was a hot pile of garbage. <laughs> it Sam? Sorry, go ahead. No, go, go ahead, Cody. No, fuck you. <laughs> you wow. took a long pause. I do that. I'm gathering my thoughts. I'll tell you my thoughts. It wasn't the worst, but yeah, they set the bar so high. Go ahead. Sam? Better than the first episode. Worse than the second episode. In the middle. Terry? I really enjoyed the jumping back and forth. Uh, I thought the story was really well written. And Good or bad you... episode? Oh, fine, whatever. Hey, Terry, did you like the episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alex? I enjoyed it, uh, but there were parts that were just bonkers. Jill. It was a lot. I liked it. It makes me excited to keep watching. It makes me mad to stop watching. It was a lot. Wait until three weeks from now when you have to stop watching for like five months. No. Done. Actually, there might be a holiday special, so maybe it'll only be one month. That's what Classic Who is for. Apparently. Yep. Uh, Get ready. God. All right, <laughs> guys. I need you to watch nine terrible episodes by talk Wednesday. Talk about nothing because there's nothing to talk about. Not to spoil the Aztecs when our episode on the Aztecs comes out, but Cody, you kind of like the Aztecs. I did like the Aztecs. It was it was it was good. It was good. I didn't hate it. I mean, there's definitely a lot worse episodes coming up, but oh, no. there's good stuff too. Wait till we get to the animated stuff. That'll be fun. I'm going to write on a poster board that just says free Susan until Susan <laughs> leaves the show. I was say just free her from her contract, right? Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. First time I watched it, I was like really into it. I thought it was my favorite of the season. Second time I watched it, I realized that I wasn't like excited to watch it again i don't think it has a lot of rewatchability value like the second one does like if i was to pick uh 
an episode to watch again like next year or something if i just randomly was like oh i'm gonna watch a flux episode i'd watch warless and tarns but uh yeah in in the moment because you know it's a lot of exposition it's a lot of just like explaining what's going on i like the t- weird timey-wimey stuff but yeah it's the first time i was like giddy i was like super excited and having a great time but the second time i was like definitely checking the clock a few times I was, the first time I watched it, legit terrified of everything. Got, like, almost had <laughs> turned the lights on terrified. That's crazy, because you're, we've tried to show you scary movies that would scare you, and you're not scared of anything. No. This was, like, just real creepy. Like, all of, I mean, we're, are we getting into it? We're getting into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, the angels popping out wherever, like, not knowing, like, who was going to switch places with who at any given time. Really scared the shit out of me. But you're right. Like, I just tried to rewatch it before this, and I was like, eh, whatever. Like, once you kind of, like, knew the premise, it, you're right. Rewatchability is real low. It was fun to have our question from last week of, is Ruth Doctor going to be in this series, answered very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The answer is yes. Also, Vinder is pretty well answered now after this. Yeah. There's a lot of backstory in this for all storylines, which is... It's neat. Yeah. I saw some people really bitching about the the Bell and Vendor story, but that was my favorite part. I love it. Jill called it. Jill's... At the beginning. Like they yeah. showed her. I was like, oh, it's a Vendor's lady. And it took forever to get there, but sure enough. Yeah. How long before you clocked that her little Tamagotchi was uh like a baby monitor? <laughs> For him? No, it was it was her because she's pregnant, oh. so like that. Never oh, that's did. right. Yeah. Now. Now is when we're clocking. <laughs> when Jake said it. I, I thought it was just a Tamagotchi to like, the, keep her saying. Uh, at the end of the story, I was like, so is that like her connection to Vinder? And he, Alex is like, no, I think it's just her companion. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. she was the we're whole back. story. She kept saying like, we made it through this. We made it through that. We got a ship. And uh, yeah, she, her did, and her she did say pal. the name of the thing a couple times. But yeah, it's definitely supposed to make you think she's talking about her little tamagotchi but yeah it's the baby that makes sense like if i if i were traveling alone i would definitely bring like a pocket robot to keep me sane it's called a pocket pussy oh geez (laughs) Uh, that'll keep you some semblance but wasn't gonna say it and wasn't gonna use those words (laughs) so anyway brenda go give me a beer (laughs) (laughs) yeah the bell the bell stuff just uh I think that actor is really good. I I love her voice. So like her doing the voiceover of what she was doing was yeah. cool. And you know some fun little things like the Daleks and the Cybermen, and you know that was just cool. I just want a nice little break their from the story. Rest. Like I just want Vinder and Bell's story now. Like the, them trying to find each other in the universe. Pretty I sure you that's, saw it. Yeah, you you kind of did. <laughs> no, they're on the other ends of the universe now. Well, obviously that's going to be. Like, that's the emotional connectivity of the story. Like, that's what's supposed to be the drive. So, yeah, we'll we'll see them reconnected. As soon as we saw the ending credits, I was like, okay, so that was set up for a spinoff next. <laughs> and I'm excited for that spinoff. No. I don't hate Bender anymore. People don't set up spinoffs as they're leaving the show. Well, obviously Chibnall did. Gotta pull out every monster, <laughs> everything that's ever been in Doctor Who needs to be in this series that would be an interesting spinoff like instead of just like another 
hey, here's a group of people that also fight aliens on Earth when the Doctor isn't around. Have it be like, hey, here's two people that live in space and just encounter some of the same stuff in the Doctor Who universe, like Daleks and Cybermen. Yeah. Come on, RTD. You want to do an MCU-style Doctor Who universe? Get on it. Hell yeah. And give us the credit for giving you the idea, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Grey Worm might be a little too expensive. <laughs> gotta, gotta get some cheaper actors. Yeah, he's class yeah. A boy now. He was real worth it during this whole episode. He was solid. I liked him a lot. Yeah. Everything he did was super drawn into. I think he made it for me. Dude, be bad. Well, I, I really like his, like, I really liked Yaz as, like, the commanding officer. And, like, it's every, every one of the main actors, well, the two, uh, Jody and Mandip, when they were playing other people, I was like, oh, they're actually really good actors. Yes. Because Chibnall doesn't seem to be able to make them be good at the things they're cast as. Yeah, when the doctor was just, uh, being the what's that was it it's not backup it's like her partner partner yeah when she was being the partner in the car she was just talking like it was so good yes Ugh. getting chills from all those reliving all those scenes <laughs> quick question like that well it's hard to say because that the first time i watched it i thought that was mandip's or Yaz's future is like a memory that hasn't happened yet because it's all timey-wimey. But then the doctor, I noticed the second time, says that it's, um, that the the angels are like screwing with her timeline. And so it's not, it's maybe not real. Right. But it did, it did seem, I got the vibe that her and her work partner were dating. That chick had a big old smile on her face when she wiped the cream off Yaz's mouth. Oh, man. Just the way <laughs> you said cream that. cream when dressing. Yeah. yeah. Come <laughs> on, man. Yeah. What's going on here? Easy, buddy. I just got a vibe off of her. No, I agree. Because then when it switched to the doctor, like, the vibe changed. Yeah. I agree. True vibe change, for sure. Yeah, I saw that. But like two just like gal pals, a horrible phrase. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> but two, <laughs> two ladies that work together, if one like reaches over to wipe off their mouth, they don't have like a big old grin on their face. Also, and... they wouldn't do that. Like a coworker. Oh, should, not... should I stop doing that to people? Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty close with a lot of my coworkers. And if they were to reach over and wipe my face, they'd get a good slap. <laughs> Punch them in the crotch. For sure. Another thing I didn't notice the first time is during Dan's story, his, like, uh, walk and talk with Di, Passenger shows up, and then Di disappears. And that's, like, the foreshadowing for the fact that, like, Di is inside Passenger. Yeah. Who who called that? That was... Terrence. You did. Sam? Oh. I thought it was Terry. Not Wasn't me. It? Sam? Okay. Not me. Oh, not you. It, it could no, maybe it was Terry. I did just I, edit this I the other day. I just listened to that podcast and nobody said that. Oh, Terry specifically said, "I bet passenger is die." Yeah. Yep. Yep. That yep. was Terry. You're wrong. Good job, Terry. She's good in call. passenger. She is encapsulated. Point for me, but she's only a piece of it because apparently yeah. there's hundreds of thousands of. 
Yeah, you got one two hundred thousandth of a point. She's the beginning of that whole passenger. So, oh, that's not as scary. I audibly gasped when Swarm just murdered a passenger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that was a pretty big swing there. That that was a Game of Thrones swing for sure. So I need a clarification on passenger. So is passenger a lot of different beings? Yeah, or... hundreds of thousands of them. Okay, it's a walking it's, it's prison. Just a, yeah, it's just a vessel to hold people in. Kind of right. like in Library of the Dead. What? For some reason, I understood it as like a like multiple like all the timeline weirdness. Yeah, but not necessarily like all the. All the beings themselves. And the doctor said that they're banished from this dimension for good reason. So are we are we dealing with interdimensional warfare at this point then? Like, because Jake brought that up last time, too. Well, she said they're banished as a form of being. Like, just using passengers to imprison people was outlawed. Yeah, from this dimension. Like, specifically... I don't think she said from this dimension. I, we, we, we just watched I it. I think... Okay, m- maybe, but I th- I do think that Swarm said it about the Mori, like, seconds later when he finds out the Mori, like, old Swarm, when they're, yeah. they're flashing back to that part, and they're going to bring the Mori in, he says, no, they're banished from here. Right. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Which, man, after, so that whole scene, after rewatching it, that whole scene, like... Swarm and Azure were super bitch because like they were just looking at people and they were melting. And in that scene, they just stood there and let it all happen to them. It was very weird. Maybe maybe they're stronger now, but yeah. Maybe Ruth Doctor doesn't give a fuck. Well, there was anything they could do about it. Well, they they could have snapped the guys to nothing like as they're running down the stairs. (laughs) It was weird. They, what are you talking about? They actually did something there in the end. Like, they just... I'm trying to remember what the hell happened there in that scene. Like, yeah, are, what, what are you talking about, Alex? So, I'm saying, in that scene of the flashback, they seem super underpowered to what we're seeing now. Because they can just look and snap their fingers and people will melt. Whereas, in that scene, like, sure, he had disintegrated two passengers... But then once all the shit starts happening, all they're doing is standing there yelling, no, and then like takes 50 seconds of f- for these three people to run down the stairs and then cage them like, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it was weird to me, like just that whole series of events. Yeah, it was dumb that only the doctor went in there and maybe they had to like wait for a connection with the Mori to spring their planet action. But like, Why? If you can just shoot these guys into a cage, just do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, unless maybe the Mori weakened them being in their presence. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Speaking of, Carvinista, not just someone who was in the division. He worked directly with the Doctor. Yeah, that's wild. So does Carvanista not recognize the Jody Doctor? Is that what's going on here? No, he knows. It's the Doctor. He's, like, actively avoiding her and telling her to, like, fuck off. Oh. So something happens. Well, because that job was supposed to be them getting out, right? 
And so he doesn't want to like ruin all that. Maybe. Also, also who is Yaz playing? Super old. Um, maybe. I mean, timey wimey. Because Dan is the Carvanista. Yeah. We don't know who Yaz is playing yet. Yeah. It's probably that other uh, that other Time Lord that Ruth Doctor disintegrated or whatever. It's the Master. Bro, <laughs> Jill's been calling for the Master all season. I also said the Master is definitely in Passenger. So, I mean, give or take, the Master's <laughs> here somewhere. That would be that would be an episode right there. Like, how big would that well, be? Well, it makes sense because Yaz like stabbed her, and they're like, she loves doing that. It's very mastery. That is, <laughs> that is, is extremely she the master mastery. The whole time? But it was just a joke. The master wasn't a bro yet. Well, whoever Yaz is playing, that's what her character would do. And that seems very mastery. Yeah, but also, the master's not a bro. Also, they're like frenemies now. Always have been, always will be. Yeah, so it makes sense. The master's a Joker ripoff. <laughs> yep, just twenty years before the Joker was invented. I was like, What's the, master <laughs> oh, first? the Joker's a master ripoff. <laughs> I don't know what the master was like in old school Who, but uh, the current master is just kind of absolutely like the polar opposite of the Doctor. Before uh, the master became a bro, and then became an unbro. Or was killed by the Unbro, who was the mask. Anyway, timey wimey. Oh, never mind. The Joker first appeared in the first Batman comic in 1940. Wow. Uh So the turns have tabled. Ah, I see. And as you'll see when we get to the first master, the master used to be played very differently. Oh boy. I kind of doubt comic books really captured its placeholder in the United Kingdom before they started Doctor Who. Just a fun little... Well, before the master was created, I mean, the 68 Batman was huge. Well, fuck. There you go, man. That Joker was a real murderous son of a bitch, not like just a <laughs> real clown. No, but you, you'll see later. Anyway, let's talk about this show. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. They got real lazy on the CGI. MVP revoked. <laughs> Lazy's not fair. <laughs> no, they got a lot of work on the CGI in this they, one. They did. They were told to do a bunch of shit. But the shit that you do see is, okay, let's be real. The Mori are just a still image posted over a green screen with the swirly shit. They did the same thing with the Doctor and Dan and the third person that's on the ship when they were... Vinder. Oh, the fourth person on the ship when they were pulled into their own individual time streams. Just a big old green screen, a nice little floop de doop de background, and then they just like yanked him away with a rope la da yeah. shrunk there is just kind of incredibly uncreative for what the current Doctor Who <laughs> has already pushed through. I hear you fucking laughing, Jake. Well, I'm trying to tell you. The, um, I, I tried telling you in the first episode, 
they shot a huge chunk of this season in a green screen room because of COVID. So there's some stuff where they just really didn't have a choice. And I'm sure the CGI teams that were used were rushed. And in some cases, some of the stuff is subpar, but I think they just kind of had to get out what they could. Man, COVID must not have hit very hard for those first two episodes because god damn they were beautiful you you let them know where they can you know which parts are more important than others (laughs) i have to add to the the doctor's story um i thought chibnall did a really good job of writing just like the chaos of it because obviously like the whole episode to me is just chaotic and that's absolutely what's going on with the doctor too like that's She's, you know, just trying to keep everything from fall, literally falling apart. And it's insane. So I thought it was, like, really well done to show that. Swarm mentioned, like, controlling time is not an abomination. It's heresy or something. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, okay. So he's on the side of time and the war of time and space. Is that, is that, am I getting that right? Well, yeah, he's, he's a big fan of time. <laughs> I really liked his quote that he said, uh, space can never be the master of time. Yes. And this planet called time with these Mori creatures are apparently controlling the flow of time. So Mori are like the space. So the Mori are the space people on the planet. (laughs) So time, does time flow from this planet? Is that accurate? No. Oh shit. That's what I thought. They they control time through there, through that temple by, like, keeping it tame. But it kind of flows freely through the universe, but it has to, like, go through them uh, in this oh, temple. So he, so he wanted to destroy the planet and the Mori and the temple because that whole structure of controlling it is heresy. Yeah. Okay. Time should flow free like America... the only free country in the world (laughs) um but yeah all that stuff with um with new new swarm (laughs) is that what we're calling them was awesome like uh i love that the structure of the story shows like the doctor the ruth doctor coming up with this plan to stop swarm to control time, blah, 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 blah. Then she decides to use the exact same plan because it's the exact same problem, but Swarm knew she was going to do that and was kind of counting on it. And now I don't really know what he means when he says that, like, we disrupted time for a brief moment and that's enough. Uh, But it's cool that he was able to just, like... Hey, fuck you, Doctor. <laughs> Using yeah. the same tricks. We've we've game planned this. We we did some halftime adjustments. But there was also that old lady that was talking to the Doctor. What the fuck was that? Yeah. Grandma Time? Grandma Time. <laughs> she certainly seems Grandma like she's time. some kind of badass. Or fancies herself a badass. Just popping the sass at the Doctor. So here's some of the stuff the old lady said. Um, the damage to time was already done as intended this universe is over and then she said that the flux was created 
because of the doctor. Yes. So that's, that's the drive now for the doctor in the season is to figure out how she created the flux. But like, does she need more drive? She's kind of already got to stop the flux. (laughs) Well, I think it's stopped now, right? Now that the Mori are there. I don't know the answer to that. Cause, um, uh, Bell was like flying through the Flux's wake, which is really cool shot. That was sick. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. But I mean, like, it's it seemed like it wasn't still... going anymore. Well, just because we didn't see it, but it does seem like the universe has been destroyed. Like she she points out that the Cybermen, the Daleks, and the Centaurans are fighting over nothing. Like, yeah, there's so little left, and so obviously that needs to be reversed. But it's it's like what the old lady and Swarm said is like we we did it enough, like indicating that it's done yeah. now, but it's it's been damaged. It feels to me like she's supposed to be like the architect in the Matrix. Like she's not evil. So I don't know if the flux was created for evil purposes. It might have been made to reset the universe. And maybe that maybe that ends up tying in with why there's like a pre Hartnell doctor that we don't know about. Maybe that reset is a part of it. So the doctor had to, you know, if the flux is made because of her, the doctor had to completely erase herself to, you know, something, something Chris Chibnall. Who knows? Speculation's boring. Let's talk about other stuff. I have one more speculation that's boring. Mm hmm. Do we think River is in the passenger? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. We're going to see River. He's pulling out everybody. Pull out River, damn it. <laughs> Here's a fun little thing. There were 7 billion Cybermen, and in the episode before, or in the first episode, there's 7 billion uh, Carvanistas for 7 billion humans. Mm. You think that's a little, a little in, or a little Easter egg to be like, hey, Cybermen are inevitable. All the humans are going to be Cybermen one day. Yikes. Maybe. I will be Cyberman. Did we talk about Vinder's backstory and how he ended up on the ship? Not really. I thought that was interesting, that flashback to his commander. The Grand Serpent guy, that actor, was amazing. Because he played such a dick in it. Such a dick, but he was so good. <laughs> I was afraid of him. <laughs> a uh, a Twitter friend of ours, one of the folks from the the Timey Wimey podcast, said <laughs> said on Twitter that he had real small dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. That's amazing. That is awesome. <laughs> oh, speaking of our Twitter friends, I put out a tweet today just asking like what everyone thinks about Flux so far. And, you know, kind of what they expect. And I got a lot of answers, so I'm going to try to just maybe sprinkle these through a little bit. 30 um, minutes in. <laughs> yeah. Sprinkle. So one of one of the boys over at the Who Can Convince You podcast, I don't know which one runs their Twitter account, Harry or Luke, um, said, slightly bewildering and maybe a little dot 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 uninteresting. <laughs> But I'm so happy that people are really enjoying it. The Who, who Can Convince You boys uh, are really down on this season. I've been listening. Um, episode 3 really brought me back into the idea of the story, though. I hope that the Angel episode doesn't put the brakes on the plot too much. 
I should add, I'm not not enjoying it. Just looking at it on a second rewatch, it just does nothing for me. There's some amazing bits and ideas, though, that feel promising. It just doesn't make me excited week to week. But the response has been pretty great, so what do I know? And then um, Matt from the Neither Time Nor the Space podcast, who hasn't watched it because they're not that far yet, said 6 out of 10 for me so far. I've seen there's a big dog, but I've seen bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but where has he seen bigger dogs? <laughs> well, uh, uh, our friend Frank on Twitter responded to him with a picture of Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh, Aww. fair. Yeah, uh, that is a bigger dog. Yeah. Well, that's pretty big. Speaking of Frank, he said, I've only watched the first episode so far. I watched it with my family, so I just watch them whenever we're together. But it was a very strong opener. I appreciate that it set up pretty much everything at once, like the first episode of Dirk Gently. I just hope it sticks the landing. There's so many twists and turns in it. It has to, like, be a big ending. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people in a lot of podcasts, like, that's their, like, kind of mantra is, oh, I just hope uh, Chibnall sticks landing. I listened to one podcast I'd never heard before. I was just checking them out where they're like, oh, I hope they don't just drop the angel thread after the first episode. <laughs> I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> they're not going to write a six episode story, put it on television, but somewhere in there they're like, oh, we showed an angel in the beginning, but fuck it. <laughs> we'll just move on. <laughs> and I do want to say, this is like what Chibnall does. Like, this is what Broadchurch is. Like, whatever you think the success of that is, like, he makes these episodic stories with lots of strands that all come together at the end like if there's any part of it that i'm positive he's going to be successful at it's that part and even the little or not so little things like vendor and his wife and however she said unborn child which was extremely weird that was a fun (laughs) as yet unborn child it's weird it's weird man um that was a fun little tie to the end of the episode i thought yeah, that's how I'm going to refer to all pregnant people. It's like, oh, this is my friend uh, Amy and her as yet unborn child. Uh, I want to throw back to an old, back. an old uh, thing that we don't do anymore. My favorite line in this episode was the oh, doc- I got one too. Was the doctor asking Swarm, "What do you want?" and him going. To reign in hell. Like, the way he delivered that shit was so good and so creepy. I, yeah, like, it, wasn't, it wasn't like you did it. Like, it wasn't sinister. It was like the punchline to a joke. Like, he was smiling and kind of holding uh, back a giggle. Yeah, it, it was great. It was so good. Yeah, I disqualify that as favorite line because it was in the trailer. So Wait, really? Oh, I didn't watch yeah. the trailer. So you're saying I need to watch the trailer. <laughs> that was a great line. Sam's Pruel, greatest actor. My, my favorite line was um, Bell after shooting the Cyberman saying, love is the only mission, idiot. Oh, that's <laughs> right. There's, yeah. there's some of that going on, too. Uh, I just like adults calling people idiot. <laughs> yeah. like you never hear it. And it's just so much fun. My favorite line was uh, Vinder's reaction to seeing the inside of the TARDIS of just the, what? And then just being done. Like, I, that was 
a he, fun comic. He, he, knew, he knew what it was. He, yeah, that's it yeah. wasn't even a what. It was like, is this, this is a, a TARDIS? TARDIS? I love that shot of the TARDIS, by the way. Best TARDIS view yet. Yeah, can we have the door in the floor all the time? Yes. I also really liked uh, Belle's console in her... Um, her what? Her ship. I do declare. <laughs> in uh, uh, that it looked like the inside of a shark's mouth of just having like teeth aiming towards the center. It just looked really cool. And I was like, God, I hope she doesn't fall forward on that thing. That was a Carvinista ship. Whatever oh. his race is called. All right. Well, when she, when she, yeah, when they first show the ship like flying through space, she says, oh, I got off the planet. I stole a blah, blah, blah ship. And it was whatever Carvinista's race is. Luparian. Which is, yeah, Lupari. Which is really just, uh, hey, we already built one set and we ain't got no more money. <laughs> Speaking of Luparian, I really liked Dan using the, whatever his little weapon would be called, to cage Swarm and... Definitely not a bowcaster, but basically the same thing. Yeah. He is Chewbacca. <laughs> that was real fun. Question about the... Ugh. Weeping Angels. <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> Have they always been able to travel through technology, or is this something new? Might I direct you to the fourth episode of season five? That's what I thought. Like, I couldn't remember if they did that or not, but well, there was. I thought it was super cool. Like, I want to play that video game with no! the Angels. That'd be so a fun. Terrible idea. Oh, I've got a game for you. The, the new Doctor Who game came out a couple weeks ago, and it's actually pretty cool. There was a, and this might be that episode you just referenced, but that was the one where the angel was stuck in Amy's eyes, right? Yeah, but the first time she sees it, it's a recording a shift on. of the angel that was in the cargo hold on the Byzantium. Oh, that's right. And yep. she, yeah, so she sees the recording and then it comes out of the TV. Yes. But I, I did have a real problem with this and... Spoiler for MVP, it's going to be the director, but the there was one part that I really didn't like, and maybe it was editing, maybe it was writing, I don't know. But it after the or at the very end of the story, it just cuts to Yaz looking at her phone, and there's an angel in it. There's no setup to that. There's no like them in the TARDIS. Yaz pulls out her phone to like look at something, or she gets a call, or whatever. It just smash cuts to her looking at her phone and there's an angel on it. And then she throws her phone on the ground. It's so discombobulating and makes no sense that it was, it really took me out of that whole final scene, which the rest of it was awesome. Like the angel taking control of the TARDIS and flying the TARDIS was really cool. Mm -hmm. But just the, the way they entered that scene was just dumb. So if you watch it with subtitles, it does say that her phone vibrates, and that's what oh. causes her attention to look at it. Like, ooh, who's <laughs> calling me? I'm popular. I, I need seven seconds of them just walking through the TARDIS. Like, you can't just smash cut to the action. You have to establish a scene before it, you know, the shit hits the fan. Oh, but that was kind of this whole episode was just smash cutting to everything. <laughs> yeah, it's not a great episode. Not a great episode. <laughs> it just this episode was kind of confusing for me. Not as confusing as the first episode. I thought this episode was ten times more confusing than the first episode. Oh, really? Yeah. You're just I didn't watching think so. four storylines. I still lines. don't know what happened in the first episode. 
Well, the first episode was just a trailer. We we yeah, discussed nothing this. happened in the first yeah, episode. It was what are you talking not about? Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, after next week, we should have almost everything wrapped up from the first episode, or at least like continued. Because next week's the angel uh, episode. It's called Village of Angels or something like that. Ugh, Village of the I'm Angels. I'm legit gonna pee my pants. Ooh, are we gonna get to see like the birthplace of where the angels live? No. They're oh, so scary. We do get to see Claire, who is yeah. the woman who was taken by an angel in the first episode. <gasps> That's right. I forgot about her. Spoopy time. BT Flibbity Giggit said, The first episode was a bit too scattershot for my taste, and the third episode made me a bit nervous due to, due to some incredibly clunky Chibnall dialogue, especially during that last Bell and Vendor scene. That being said, this is definitely the most invested I've been in Doctor Who since halfway through season 11. That wasn't that long ago. Uh, Chibnall's, in quotes, serious prestige TV I don't know why I had to actually do the quotes. I'm sitting here by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Version of Doctor Who was something I could never quite get behind. But this season feels faster and fresher than his previous two. I'm just incredibly nervous about him sticking the landing, to be honest. That'll be fine. Don't don't worry your flippity, Mr. Giggit. Yeah. I think the landing will be fine. The journey getting there (laughs) is always the battle. It's a and, clunky. And like none of our showrunners have ever had like super awesome endings. <laughs> like you know, all that all that weird RTD stuff, like David Tennant's goodbye and everything, that was kinda that was clunky and shitty and Stephen Moffat never knew how to do an ending. It's you know. I don't even remember what Tennant said. What did Tennant say? I don't wanna go. Oh yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I blocked that out of How my memory. Did you forget? <laughs> it was like four episodes of just that. It's called blocking. The four the four doctors we've seen leave. One of them says, You were fantastic, and so was I. The other one says, I'll never forget when the doctor is me. The other one says, Doctor, I let you go. One of them says, I don't wanna go. <laughs> <laughs> and don't. <laughs> Uh, James Courtney says, I'm quite enjoying it to my surprise. It was great to see Joe Martin back. I just wish there was more. Surely we could have flipped to her perspective once Jodia looked into the mirror. There's also some interesting word world building. Time and space and battle? What's that mean? Mm-hmm. I don't have the answers, buddies. Stop asking. <laughs> Joe Martin is the best... I didn't post this on our Discord, but there's a YouTube video of Jody just kind of talking about Joe Martin, and she's talking about like that scene where she's she is the past doctor going into that building, and she's like she changed her posture and like her her gait and everything because she's purposely like crouches when she's her doctor. I don't know why, but uh, just to be a goofball. But then other people are saying, like, when Joe Martin is in the costume and, like, comes on set, everybody gets quiet and, like, stands up straighter. (laughs) And just, like, everyone just respects her. (laughs) 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 Which I guess means nobody respects Jodie. Oh, no. No. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But it's just, like, the gravitas of the lady is, uh... She holds herself in a different, uh... Demeanor, maybe. Yeah. It's like... 
the the best way I could describe it is when I'm playing drums and I'm playing with someone who's really good, it like I want to elevate my play style and get better to like match, you know? And so that's that's probably kind of a similar thing. When she comes into the room, everyone's just like, all right, game <laughs> we gotta face. work hard today, boys. Let's do it. <laughs> Is that why you're so good when I play guitar? Boom. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, you are like one of the best guitar players I know. Ooh, it's not saying a lot. <laughs> you're really good. Ugh. Said with a high inflection. Alex doesn't think very highly of guitar players, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> TardisFam1963 says, I feel this is a good start. Yaz needs more action as she is the companion um, and is in danger to not do well. Um, avoid her being captured and she could come back stronger. I feel the main issue is the lack of the TARDIS team being together. I 100% agree. That's the biggest crime here. Swarm and Azure are growing on me, to be honest. I do find them a little too cocky, but they're good. They're the bad guys. They're supposed to be cocky. Uh, Vinder and Bell are the best recurring characters since River, which is a good sign. After a little decline and ill treatment. Um, avoid blunders in the second half, and this could be my favorite season. Dang, high praise. Boom. I do agree, though, that the... The companions just, like, aren't in these stories together, which I guess is okay when someone's, like, long established. Like, Clara and the Doctor kind of did that with some episodes. Um, like, they're they're never together, really, in Mummy on the Orient Express. But this has been all three seasons, really, is there's just no believable relationship between the Doctor and Yaz. In fact, I two different parts of my notes for this one... I just have the sentence, the doctor shits on Yaz. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that down. It's like, anytime, anytime something's happened with the doctor, Yaz inquires about it now. It's like not taking her shit. But now the doctor's like, is everything a conversation with you, Yaz? Get the fuck off my back. Yeah, or how about that terrible. part where we haven't seen each other for a while because we've been dealing with this weird time uh, hurricane or whatever the fuck they call it, time storm. And you just said, what it ha we have to find out what it has to do with me. That piqued my interest as a person who is with you. If it's got something to do with you, something to do with you, I'm probably yeah. going to be involved. So like, hey, what do you mean by that? And Doctor's just like, hey, how about you go fuck yourself? <laughs> Some of us are busy here. I think yes. from my point of view, it's really showing how anxious the Doctor is about what is happening and scared. I'm sure that's what Chibnall's trying to portray. I just don't know that it's working. It's not. I don't mind it. But I get it. Yeah, I was kind of, I was going to say the same thing. Is like the doctor is stressed the fuck out. And she's got this monkey at her back that's just constantly fucking, hey, what's going on? Hey, I'm interested. Hey, do you got problems? Uh, and she's asking Ooh, questions yeah. which the doctor has no answers for. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I don't I don't know, doctor. It's not like they were in the middle of something. They were leaving. Yeah. yeah. And they're just like getting in the car. Yeah, and they're just like, "Oh, what do you mean?" Uh... They were they were getting in the TARDIS and the doctor stopped and said, "Oh my god, it's because of me." And then started walking again. <laughs> and then they're just like, "Wait, what was that about?" And she's like, "Fuck you." 
<laughs> I was talking to the camera. <laughs> yeah, I have the feeling Yaz is either going to break off from the doctor and just try to figure something else on her own and then end up getting killed in the process, or she's just going to want to leave because the doctor is not opening up and they're not being friends at all. Well, again, Yaz is in the last episode next year. Oh, God so... damn it, that's right. Well, then she's just going to be shit on the entire time. Yeah. Nah, I'm going back to what Jake was saying. She's going to break bad, go to the master, and then that's going to be like the last story is like the doctor trying yeah, to bring Yaz so. back. She is the master. That's, and the doctor <laughs> knows. That's why the doctor's real hostile. Instead of like, David Tennant's whole like uh, Time Lord Victorious thing where he had to learn to like step back and not be such an asshole. This will be Jody's last episode as she has to learn to quit being a prick. <laughs> like, <just> quit, <laughs> quit like picking up people and making them be your friends and then just shitting on them constantly. <laughs> Got all the time in the world for Nurse Lady in Crimea, but uh, yeah, <laughs> can't, can't have a quick little convo with her team. Uh, Mrs. Carvanista, a.k.a. Mrs. McCrimmon, says, Carvanista is the goodest boy. Dan is wholesome. He has and the doctor are breaking my little gay heart. I get it. Thirteen just discovered she's been abused and lied to, and all this is triggering as heck for her. But still, she's being a dick, and he has doesn't deserve that. The serialized format has worked so very well. Cliffhangers are good. Good. I think for the fan... <laughs> she wrote it that way. I think for the fanish side, but also in general. I expect the story strands to keep coming together in the same way a mystery drama series like Broadchurch does. I think it's needed. I expect it to get increasingly divisive in fandom as the timeless child art continues. I expect Chibnall to nail the angels, as he has, in my opinion, the Dalek, Cyberman, Master, and Centaurans. I think he's great at getting back to the core of what makes the monster so iconic. Nice. Noise. Solid Mrs. feedback Jane as always. No, it's Mrs. Carvanista. Oh. Yeah, fit that into your song, dickhead. <laughs> Mrs. Carvanista. Uh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone else really like the uh, opening with Belle when she's on the planet with the Daleks? And she's yes. saying, like, even days are screwed up, and instantly it's just night. Like, I I loved that. Like, that was yeah, so all, cool. All the Bell stuff was my favorite part. I oh, okay. when, when I first saw the, the Dalek, I was like, oh, shit, Daleks. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, a whole thing. And mm -hmm. then... And they were good-looking Daleks, It too. was good, They're yeah. Pretty. They were pretty. Yeah. Speaking of pretty, uh, the Doctor's uh, inverse coat was really nice. Mm-hmm. I like and that a lot. Old Swarm's uh like jacket or what Dude. Was duster. Like that was sick. That oh, thing God. was it had like fur on it. That thing that was a collar. pimp coat. Yeah. With well, yeah, just with like his makeup design too, of just how he looks not as put together, more eroded. And yeah. just the head the weight that that coat brought as well just made him look ancient and older rather than how clean and clean and crisp he looks now of like with fresh energy, like it's beautiful contrast. 
I posted on our Discord today, and I saw Terry watching it. The, I, I it was watched like a it. nine-minute video about um, those two. They're called the Ravagers. That's the name yeah, of their species. Mm-hmm. Such a good name. Uh, but but it's about like so it's interviews with the actors, the costumers, the makeup, all, all the actors, and uh, the costumers said that like everything they wear is um, custom made for them and like custom tailored. And so yeah, they put a lot of thought into what those two wear. It's awesome. It's all good. They're they're amazing. They can't get over their teeth though. That's oh the creepiest God. part. So beautiful. <laughs> I think that's kind of what makes that um the ruling in hell line yes. so good is because Great. he doesn't need to use his lips and you just see teeth the entire time. Ugh. And it's oh, like, <laughs> oh, it's so gorgeous. Do you think that was intentional, like he was trying to do that? Or oh, it's yeah. so much prosthetic talks... in his mouth, he just can't use his lips? <laughs> no, I think on the latter part. Definitely the second That's one. That's a character choice of <laughs> using his teeth more often rather than his lips. Did you see the creepy smile from old Swarm? Like in his in his like older prosthetic, when he smiled, it was even creepier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you want to hear a Bonkers theory I read today? Yeah. yeah. I think it was on like a pretty substantial website, like Digital Spy or something like that. But there's a theory going around that Belle and Vinder are the doctor's parents. I oh, shit. was thinking Ugh. that because if that's who the baby is. <laughs> I hate it. But then yeah, she she might have caused the flux. Like it might be because she was born. That's crazy. Whoa. No. I was born in the flux. Molded by it. (laughs) (laughs) So going back to the Ravagers, um, I really love the personality between the two and just the way that they destroyed the passengers um, Mm -hmm. and that how Swarm like just touches them. It's like, ha 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 ha, he's melting away. And Azure is just like, fuck yeah, and just like swipes them. It's like she's Slices so aggressive. <laughs> like, and I just love that rage that she has. Like, I'm I want so much more from her. Like, I feel like she's playing too much backstage from everything, and she needs to come downstage and just take over. Yeah, and we did learn in that video that the woman playing her is the woman that was like her human version. Yeah. It's that same lady. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, Ollie from the Companion Piece podcast says, as of right now, I think it's my favorite Jody series with possibly my favorite Jody performance. It's a thousand percent my favorite Jody series, but that's a low bar. Um, they keep building on what's come before without making it feel like endless setup. And I think this is where Chibnall's writing thrives. A continuing story with time to explore every detail. Yaz actually getting a storyline and isn't sidelined i i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> introducing dan works really well and so far he seems to work really well not getting lost in the story instead seeming like he fits perfectly uh each cliffhanger worked really well and the threat and tension hasn't diminished either i already prefer the new centaurans they managed to combine the comedic and serious aspects so well the ravagers are the perfect combination of terrifying and incredibly camp and what we've seen of the angels really built up their threat. The idea of the flux itself is both intriguing and is a, has a real threat. I could see this building to a magnificent conclusion, possibly up there with the best of New Who. So yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. 
And as for what's to come, I'm trying not to theorize too much, but next week looks to be terrifying, as does what we know about what's to come. As long as a couple of fan theories aren't true, then I'll be happy. Oh no. I l l like the thing about the parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just hoping to be surprised and to love what's coming next. Oh, and Vinder works really well as a side character, serving his purpose and fleshing out the universe without taking the focus off the main story. Just hoping it doesn't turn out to be who people are thinking. Oh, I don't even know who people are thinking he is. The dad. Question. No. What do you guys think Aww. he means by... Who do, you, who do you think people are thinking Vinder is? Like, if it's something that would be shitty. Well, Jill just said the doctor's dad. That would be shitty. Yeah. The master, but then eventually turns bad, so he's nice here. But also, why would he be the master? Like, that doesn't make sense with any of the master's story. Jake. Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, <laughs> it's just a big old ball. Hey, you guys want to know what the last three episodes are called? Yep. So, next week we have... Um, the village or village of the angels, I think it's called. Then episode five is called survivors of the flux. Hmm. And then episode six is called the vanquishers. Cody, who's your MVP? Sam Spruel. Obviously. Just does so It wasn't in this one that much when he was the older guy who was played by somebody else. Oh, fuck. That's right. I forgot he's a double, double deal. No, I was kind of disappointed that I didn't see more of uh, the fresh boy. But God, oh, yeah. every My time notes I say see him. boo old swarm. I <laughs> 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 uh, love him. Sam, who's your MVP? Um, I should think about this before we uh, get to this part, shouldn't I? Any anyone should. <laughs> like, only Cody and Terry are always ready. <laughs> And Terry even, like, looks up the actor name every single time. Says it with such confidence. Um, you want me to go to Terry and come back to you? Yeah. Nope. You have to stick with Sam. <laughs> oh, sorry, Sam. We're stuck with you. I I want to do something as, like, let's do costuming and, like, makeup. That's what I want to do is makeup. For the for this creepy teeth and face. Terry, you got anyone for us? Who, do you know who the makeup person is? I think I said that in the first episode. I don't remember I think who you they did. were. Well, you said the costumer. I want to say it was like Dan something. Holbrook. Or, <laughs> I don't know. I'll look it up. Dan Terry, Holbrook. Damn, nailed it. Right on the head. <laughs> <laughs> I am going with Jacob Anderson. Grey Worm. Jill, who you got? Also going with Grey Worm, a.k.a. whatever name Terry just said that I already forgot because I <laughs> Jacob was... Jacob Anderson. It's my name. How hard is it? Yeah, I knew it was Jake, but I was like, that's weird. Why do you have the name? Who knows that? We're going to call him Grey Worm, even though I've never seen Game of Thrones. But yeah, absolutely Grey Worm. Alex? I'm going with Swarm, the character. It, every time he was on the screen, I was just captivated. It was great. What has Sam just posted? <laughs> you just Google Dan Holbrook. <laughs> Perfect. Um. <laughs> it's such a good. His 
little smile. Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the director, whose name is Azure. What? Um, A-Z-H-U-R. Azure Salim. We often talk about the director when we talk about, like, visuals and, like, the shots that are used. We don't really ever talk about the director when it comes to the actors. And I think that our main crew, specifically Mandip, Jody, and Jacob Anderson, were all way better in this one than they were in the two previous episodes from an acting standpoint. I think this director versus Jamie Magna Stone, who did the first two, might just be more of an actor's director. Uh, I think he got some great performances out of them. And he also had to deal with a lot of weird technical stuff, like the shooting scenes where someone was going to be changing back and forth between, let's say, Jody's Doctor and Ruth Doctor. They also did some fun stuff with mirrors, and that was all just cool. Uh, so yeah, and luckily, he's got two more episodes coming up. They only had the two directors this season, so I think he's doing... I think Jamie Magna Stone is next week, and then this guy is doing the last two. Nice. I don't know how to look up the makeup person. I'm looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the IMDB. I am, but like it's for the full cast and crew of Doctor Who from 2005 dash. So, um... so costume designer is Ray Holman. Oh, I was so close. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Makeup. Three letter first name and a last name that started with whole. Like, come on. <laughs> that uh that video I posted about uh the Ravagers, one of the cool things in there is everyone's talking about like how beautiful they are and the costumes and the makeup and then John Bishop just goes, One of them's got a blue head and one of them's got a red head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all he says. Alex, give me a song. This has been Married to Who, our episode on Once Comma Upon Time. If you would like to listen to any of our old, old episodes, you can do so on our website, MarriedToWho.com. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody Sam, Jill and Alex, producer Terry, who any second now is going to yell out the name of the makeup artist. Never mind. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Please join us next time for Village of the Angels. Beauty, <laughs> <laughs>